Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now to continue our conversation about the China reopening story and how that could affect businesses here in Singapore. In fact, at least four business missions are expected to take place between Singapore and China over the next three months. And according to the Singapore Chinese Chamber of Commerce and Industry, this follows many requests from various Chinese government agencies to reconnect this year. As travel between the two countries restart, what level of business confidence do Singapore business owners have in China at this point, and what are their concerns? Well, online with me is Kurt Wee, President Association of Small and Medium Enterprises. Good morning, Kurt. How have you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. Hi, Elliot. Good morning. Good morning. It has been a while, and well, I'm glad we're speaking finally on much better circumstances as yes. we've got this reopening picture to be excited about. Give us a sense of, you know, what local businesses have been dealing with over the past three years. And now that we're getting out of it, what's the mood like? Well, you know, local businesses have been having a lot of restrictions with regards to, uh, you know, either both Singapore or China during the pandemic phase. There has been situations whereby trade is disrupted, supplies are disrupted, there are logistical issues and, and, you know, there are periods of times where, you know, the workforce, they can't go to work. So the sentiment during COVID, of course, is very pessimistic. But I think we've also seen that as economies come out of COVID, especially once they've achieved herd immunity, things just spring up and recover very, very quickly. Yeah. It's interesting, though. And for anyone having business with China, I've never asked about this, but it suddenly popped in my head. How are they like when it comes to, like, I don't know, alternative business models, the whole virtual meeting and all that? And I ask that because culturally, we Asians, we like the whole face-to-face kind of thing. What have you observed? Well, I think what's going on in China, it's been very similar to Singapore where, where you can't meet face-to-face. You meet on you know online meeting and we use Zoom and they use Tencent meeting and, uh, or Woof. Meetings have continued to go on. But I think in one of my trips last year when I went to China, when they meet foreign business people again and of foreign counterparties, it, it was, uh, you know, with a lot of warmth and with a lot of welcome because yeah. you weathered the, the pandemic to go see them and get your meetings done. And, and I think it, it's actually a step ahead of the competition when you do that. Yeah. So there, there has been a lot of Singapore business owners that have interest in China. They have actually continued to go to China, not as frequently as they would have liked to, I think one of the quarantine king is probably the former president of Chinese chamber, Mr. Roland Ng. I think he's been to China like nine times despite COVID. And so we call him the quarantine king sometimes. He's got to write a book, How to Survive Quarantine in Different Countries. He's got to do it. (laughs) We are seeing a lot of new corporation opportunities. MES announced a slew of initiatives to expand Singapore's corporation in things like green finance, uh, also to deepen market capital linkages with China. Let's talk a little bit about growth opportunities for businesses in this sector for this year? Well, I think this year businesses are going to be focused on getting their trade levels uh, back with China to levels uh, before. And I think there's a good chance that, you know, you you can get there and then maybe even exceed it. Businesses are probably looking at starting to travel to China and then reconnecting with their trade counterparts. 
But I think things will really start getting active probably from March onwards because Singaporean businessmen would likely start going there in the late half of February because for 15 days, people don't really work actively in China. But at the same time, I think Chinese businessmen are going to start coming here. I heard a lot of them are renewing their passports. Oh, wow. And as expected as well, right? Other sectors set to benefit. I mean, earlier this week, we did have news. And in this thing about China, right, very aligned in the way they do things. First, you have the reopening and then the PBOC talks about how they're going to start moderating the way that they have um, sort of governed the tech sector and other various sectors so that whole crackdown uh, that we've actually once spoke about has come to an end. Opportunities in tech, your thoughts on that? Certainly, I think the tech sector is going to start to get back a bit to normalcy and recover. The property market have also got mm. signs of alleviation from the pressure. But these things generally take a bit of time. And, and I think in the medium term, then you get a bit of traction. But there, there are a lot of companies in Singapore that have manufacturing in China. Uh, there may be secondary and primary collapse, manufacturing collaborations with Chinese counterparts. Okay. So we're seeing that, you know, we're probably past those trade disruptions. But at the same time, China waking up means big demand stimulus that's really going to be active in the market. It's not just going to be good for Singapore, but, but good for the rest of Southeast Asia as well. Mm. Uh, what about where startups are concerned? I like how you talked a lot about uh, collaboration, so important, especially in this part of the world. But for startups looking to grow or looking to even venture into China, what kind of barriers do you foresee there? Well, first of all, there's a trade restriction list. Yeah. There's certain trades that are restricted from foreign capital. But outside of that, you know, there's been a lot of interest in startups in Singapore from Chinese capital. Okay. And I think the pandemic probably also spurred a lot of new startups that, that may find relevant uh, or stronger relevance uh, in the forward economy. There's been a lot of uh, companies set up in AI, in chips in China and also in the biotech space as well. So that space is really moving and there's been also a lot of establishment of Chinese investment funds over the last few years. So I think it's not just an opportunity for startups, but there's also a lot of cross-border acquisition or M&A opportunities. Mm. You can't help but wonder if the US-China relationship would have an impact on businesses uh, or, or maybe I'm, I'm just thinking too far. Uh, there is hope that it could somehow be mended. But how does that affect Singapore businesses or, or have you observed any effect on Singapore businesses, especially in previous years where the relationship was even worse between the US and China? Well, the US-China trade conflict is a major topic in the minds of all business people. Mm. And it's gone right down to considerations of each individual entrepreneur, especially when they are growing enterprise and, and they are in the process of uh, receiving capital and developing their enterprise. Some of the questions that they start thinking about is, okay, do I take investors from US? Do I take investors from China? Uh, how should I structure the corporate structure of my company? Where should I live? Should I live in Singapore? Should I live in Hong Kong? Should I yeah. live in US? Yeah. These are very real questions that businesses are asking now. And at the same time, I think for the Chinese business people, beyond those that are in uh, the chip sector, as long as they're in deep technology, they are actually wondering, you know, is those 
restrictions and sanctions going to expand beyond the semicon and chip sector. Mm. So, so you know, it, it's something that businesses are very mindful of. They are watching, monitoring it carefully, and at the same time, they are thinking, how does that affect their structural plans? Yeah, yeah. And you've got these tech companies also, like earlier this week, there was a report by one of the news agencies saying uh, they saw a document that Apple wants to have touchscreens on their MacBooks, uh, the, the, the laptop versions, but that's going to require a whole new chip. So chip sector definitely one to watch. Um, I want to try and end on, on a positive note though, Kurt. We are expecting some trade data out of China later today. It obviously won't be fantastic because it is for the month of December. Do you share sentiment that we won't see better I, figures I think, still second half of the year? I don't, I don't think you should worry about too much about the trade data mm, right now. Mm. I think you should try and remember whichever country that's coming out of COVID. Often what we have seen and what we've experienced is that it recovers very, very fast. <laughs> so, you know, you've got no time to think about how well is China is going to do. China is going to do well. It is a very big multi-market within a major, major market. And it's uniform. It's easily scalable mm. when, once you find your, your formula within one province. So, so it's a very, very important market for, for global businesses especially Singapore companies. So I would really encourage businesses to really rather take an optimistic view and start to plan how you're going to embark on this opportunity because the giant demand stimulus is about to wake up quickly. I like the way you put it. It's so true. You know, they do recover fast and not very often. Uh, don't be like me, drowning in numbers every day. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Kurt We President, Association of Small and Medium Enterprises here in Singapore. Kurt, take care. Have a great day ahead, yeah? You too. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.